Well, we'll be looking at Hebrew chapter 2 once again this morning, and if it be the Lord's will, we will finish this chapter up this morning. You recall we started out in the fourth chapter, and I'm not smart enough, I don't know how to count yet, so instead of starting one, two, three, four, I started out with four, and then we kind of come back to one. But we're talking about rest and, and uh, Sabbath and so forth, and went through chapter four. And uh, so then we just came back and kind of started uh, chapter one. And, and such a blessing to me, many things that I've seen that I haven't seen before, as I, uh, scriptures that I know we've, we've looked at before. We'll be looking primarily at verses 17 and 18, but I'd like to go back and start reading at verse 9. Verse 9 of Hebrew 2. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. See, the angels don't have a physical death like we do. They're different beings. Now, there's, there's earthly angels, there's messengers, and then there's angelic angels. We're speaking of angelic angels here. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him, or it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect or complete through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. And if there's ever a scripture should bless us, it should be that one. Well, all of them should. But he sanctified us. And both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one. Hard to believe, isn't it? For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Saying, I will declare, this is Christ will declare the name of God, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. We talked about that. We talked about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where he declares it. This building is not the church. It's where we meet. And there are true churches throughout the land. But, and I'll not go into it this morning, but this is where he declares it to his brethren in the midst of the church. So people that think the church is not important, uh, well, they just haven't seen that, just wrong. Uh, and again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God hath given me. So how do, do we choose him? No, we were, we were given to him by God the Father. Again, hard to believe. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. And through death, that he might destroy him that hath power of death, that is, the devil. So we are, of course, we are having this earthly experience down here with its joys and sorrows, aches and pains, 
highs and lows, valleys and mountains. And uh, he took that on. I always had problems with that. I, I understand a little more now. But I, for a long time, a long time, I had problems thinking, well, yeah, he took on flesh and blood, but he can't suffer. I mean, this is God manifesting the flesh. He can't suffer. I mean, he knows all things. He can't suffer. Well, maybe physically, but mentally, he can't suffer. But I was, I was wrong. I mean, I, I couldn't see it. But it says he was depressed. He was sorrowful. His sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood. So we think that, that uh, uh, we're going through a lot. He went through it. Uh, and I can't understand all that either. Uh, but, and we talked about this maybe last week, uh, through death he might destroy him that hath power of death, that is the devil. And we know we read earlier in Corinthians how the grave, hey, the grave didn't, the grave didn't win anything. We have victory over the grave. The body's going to be there for a while, but for the Lord's sheep, uh, there is, uh, the grave has, or God's sheep, Sheep, period. Grave has nothing there. 15, and deliver them who fear of death uh, were all their lifetime subject to bondage, and that bondage, of course, the law, etc. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Now, we understand he didn't take on the nature of angels. I'm talking about angelic angels, the created beings that I don't fully understand. There's... A lot I don't fully understand, by the way. But I don't fully understand the angelic angels. I mean, it's not like God needs help. So I don't fully understand just that he did this. So he didn't take on the nature of angels. Says he took on him the seed of Abraham. Now, why didn't he, why did he say the seed of Abraham? Why didn't he go back to Adam? I mean, he said, uh, okay, he's not an angel as angelic, so then he's going to be man. So why didn't he say, well, he took on him the nature of Adam? That's where it all started, right? But he said, took on him the seed of Abraham. Well, what's significant about Abraham? Well, there's a lot of things. But what's significant about Abraham? Promise, wasn't it? Promise. He promised him a seed when he was 100 and, and uh, uh, Sarah was, what, 90? He promised him seed, offspring, and then he promised him and his genealogy a land of promise. You can call it a promised land, and that's where we generally do it, but it's really a land of promise. But promised land, we know what we're talking about. So to Abraham, he, he gave him this land of promise. Israel's got part of it right now. But he gave them that by promise. And we talked about this some last week. By promise. He gave it to Abraham way back here by promise. I'm going to give you this over here. In other words, I'm going to give you this inheritance to your seed over here. And he was by promise. Then came along 400, I believe, and 80 years later, a thing called the Law of Moses. It gets a lot of attention. 
Everybody worships that way. I mean, not everybody, but most of the world worships that way. Most people today thinks, well, by the way, we're looking for a promised land, aren't we? A land of promise, but a heavenly city, built by the, not made by hands here on the earth, but we're looking for a heavenly city. And we look for that heavenly city by promise that uh, uh, God, through Jesus Christ, by promise, we have this land of promise. But most people today, they forget about the promise. They look to the law and think, well, that's the way to our promised land. Well, then it's not by promise, is it? It's by works. So that's why he here instead of saying, well, he didn't take on angels. He took on Adam. And he, he did take on Adam as far as the physical body. But the reason he mentioned Abraham here is because when we think of Abraham, it's by promise. In fact, when we studied this, when he says he give this to Abraham and his seed, it didn't say seeds as many, but it says seed, which is Jesus Christ. So it's even referring to Christ. He gave it to Abraham by promise. Christ our inheritance is through Christ. So I don't want to get carried away with that. Let me go on. Now verse 17 and 18. Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of his people. And there's a lot in that, isn't there? Let's start out when it says, it talks about behooved. It behooved him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Well, we know what a high priest does. You know, a high priest offers sacrifices for the sins of the people, etc. But behooved. And, and whenever I looked at the, uh, uh, looked this up in the, in the uh, Greek, I, uh, it bothered me a little bit, the definition. But behooved means, and then you look at, well, then the Lord opens your mind a little bit and you see a little more. But behooved, it behooved him. To be this merciful high priest to offer sacrifice for our sins. It behooved him. Behooved means indebtedness. A sum owed. An obligation or duty. And Jerry, that troubled me a little bit. I mean, he, I mean, like... Somebody uh, uh, goes and buys a, a house, I guess, and if they finance the house, I guess it behooves them to make the house payments. It's, uh, it's an indebtedness. It's a sum owed. It's an obligation. It's a duty. And, and Claire May, I had a little problem with that. It behooved Jesus Christ to be a merciful high priest to to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He was indebted. And I had a little trouble 
with that. But then I, I looked a little farther, and it makes sense. It's not embedded something that he didn't want to do. That's, you might kind of feel that. That's, I guess that's what I kind of felt early, reason I had trouble with it. But Hebrew, we won't go there. Hebrew 12 and 2, you're familiar with it. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Well, of course, we, we talked about this. Sometime in eternity past, God, Jesus, and again, the only thing I can do is kind of visualize kind of earthly things because that's what I am, an earthly creature. But somehow in eternity past, God set a number before Jesus Christ. And he said, okay, this is, this is them. And Christ looked at them, Jesus Christ looked at them, looked at me, looked at you, and he considered you joy. And right there, if we can call that a point in time, which we know time doesn't mean anything, but right there, that point in time was the obligation or signing of the contract or signing of the, uh, the bank papers, if you will. That's where he indebted himself. But he did it because he considered you joy. Now, we may go buy a house and say, I see these house things on television. Oh, yeah. I can't believe some of the budgets these people pay for these houses. But anyway, oh, yeah, we love this. We'll sign on the dotted line because we love this. And then they're indebted to make those payments. But it was kind of... Um, I'll use the word their choice, humanly speaking. So Jesus Christ, here we were. Knowing what kind of creatures we were going to be, we were going to be of Adam, we were going to have Adam's simple blood, knowing what we deserved. But he considered you joy. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So back there, sometime in eternity past, he indebted himself. Not because he had to. There's many scriptures. He didn't have to go to that cross. Mort sings a song. He could have called 10,000 angels. He didn't have to go to the cross. But he indebted himself out of love because he considered you joy. That makes it a little easier for me to understand that behooved. It behooved him. So he was, it was his, yeah, it was his duty. It was his obligation let me read a few scriptures in John. Let's go back to John, Gospel of John chapter 1. We talked about this before, and this I haven't, didn't see this until uh, uh, maybe, a, I don't know, a year or two ago, something like that. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, we know it's talking about Jesus Christ, but it didn't say in the, in the beginning was Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is with God, and Jesus Christ was God. It doesn't say that. And you're not wrong in, in saying, yeah, it's talking about Jesus Christ, because it is. But it didn't use the word Jesus Christ. It used the term 
Word. In the beginning was the Word. And you study that, W-O-R-D, in the Greek, it doesn't mean Jesus Christ. It means message. Message. So in the beginning was this message. You know, it was Jesus Christ. But what's, what's the message? Well, it, it's, it's the gospel. He was to come. He was to be our high priest that offer up the sacrifice, which is himself, his shed blood for us. That, that's the message from the beginning. That's the word. And it's typified throughout the scriptures. It's typified when God made shed blood, made coats of skins for covering for Adam and Eve. It's typified when Isaac uh, was on the altar and Abraham was about to take his life and a ram was substituted instead. It, it's typified all the way through there. But in the beginning was the word. So the message was in the beginning. You see the obligation there, if we call it obligation? duty if you want to. Again, it was his choosing, but in the beginning was the message that he was going to go and he was going to die on the cross for the sins of his people. So there we see it behooved him. It was kind of indebted, although it was something that he, he did. And, and uh, let's go to the fourth chapter uh, of John. And I'm still looking at this behooved, this, this some owed uh, John 4 and 34. Jesus saith unto them, My food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You see the obligation or the duty there? And again, we know how it started. It was, it was because he loved you and considered you joy. That's how he entered into this agreement, if you will. And here he says, no, this is, uh, uh, I'm here to finish this obligation. It behooved me to finish this obligation. John chapter 16. Well, I don't think I'll read that. John chapter 16, just where he tells his disciples, he said, it's expedient for you that I go to the Father. It behooved him to go to the Father. Maybe in John 17, I might read that one. John 17, you're all familiar with this too. Verse 1 and 2. These words spoke Jesus and lift up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Let's say that uh, uh, I, I need to spend more time thinking of examples. Like I said, I can never think of good ones. But let's say that uh, we're going to give Brother Mort, we're all hungry, and we get out of here, and, and we've kind of got a sweet tooth. Brother Mort, here's $20. You go and get us some chocolate. Now, We've given him authority, power, and money. He's obligated <laughs> to bring us back chocolate. I don't know if it'll all be there or not. We know more than chocolate. But we see that here. 
as thou has given, the Father gave the Son power, as thou has given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou has given him. So the Father gave him power, like we might give more authority and money to go get us chocolate. And it would, it behooved him to, to fulfill that. Well, here, God the Father gave Jesus Christ power to give us eternal life to all the ones that the Father gave him. So, can you kind of see that contract here? He, he gave him the power. This is your job. Now, again, this started way back before eternity passed. He considered you joy. That's why he entered into this agreement or contract or whatever. But here we see again, uh, the Father gave him the power. It was his work to finish it. And then if we look at verse uh, 4, he says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. There's a lot of things in verse 5. This shows that he was with the Father before. And he said, Father, uh, glor uh, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So he, he was, he's eternal. But anyway, he says, Father, I finished the work. Now, he hadn't went to the cross yet, but this is shortly before he was to be taken to the cross. And his prayer, yeah, Father, this uh, is, is finished. You gave me the power to give this, and I've glorified you on the earth. I've told him about you. He always gave the Father glory, didn't he? He didn't say, yeah, it was me. He always gave the Father glory. And he says, I, I finished the, the work. That's the duty. That's the obligation. And, and 19, I'll read one more here in John. John 19. And you're familiar with this. John 19, 30. And Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar. He's on the cross. He said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. It is finished. So when we go back to our text, and it says in verse 17 of Hebrew 2, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. It behooved him. He was, it was his duty. Of course, it was again one that he elected to do. But he went to the cross, he said, Father, I, I finished. I finished my indebtedness, I finished my sum owed, I finished the obligation, I finished the duty, I finished the work that thou gavest me to do. I fulfilled the agreement that took place in eternity past when I said, for the joy that set before me, I'll endure that cross. It was, it was finished, it was fulfilled. So when it, here when it says, it behooved him. It did. He, he finished it. And he didn't, 
He didn't lose one. He won't lose one. We're talking perfection here. So then, and, and we got a, a few minutes left. When it says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like his brother, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. And a lot of times I'm, I'm guilty of skipping over, I'm maybe, ordinarily I would be looking at this priest part, high priest, because we know what the priest is. And we know there's such beautiful pictures all through. But as I looked at this, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. And we shouldn't jump over those, I started to say little words, but I shouldn't even call it little words. Merciful. See, that's, he took on flesh. He knows your problems, your heartaches. He experienced pain, mental anguish. You know, and, and I, I, I've mentioned this a lot. It says, we know, he's going into the garden to pray there, and his sweat was as were great drops of blood, and he told his disciples, he says, you wait and pray here. And remember, he went and he come back. He was sorrowful unto death. His sweat was as were great drops of blood. And he came back. And they were all asleep. I think of somebody that I mentioned before that if I was uh, somebody was you know, critical, near death, last few breaths or something like that, and uh, they would just be uh, abandoned or something, how that would make you feel. Other times when he was, you remember when they took him and they all denied him? Peter said, no, not me, but even Peter denied him. I, I try to think of the, of course, I knew the Lord knew and he told Peter's going to do it. But still, he took on flesh. He was sorrowful. He was, it says, he grew depressed. But to be looking Peter, and Peter says, I don't know him. I don't have anything to do with him. Don't you think there's mental suffering? Would it you? If, well, I can think of a lot of earthly examples, but if, uh, well, I won't, but, but if you, if somebody that, that you loved was, uh, I don't know, and you could help them or something. I don't know if you could help them or not. But anyway, when you just completely said, no, I don't know them. They're on their own. That'd be, uh, they're, they're suffering. So he had mental suffering. So he knows. He, and that's how he could be a merciful high priest. Now, the, the high priest in the Old Testament and I haven't, stu I haven't thoroughly studied this, so I can't say. I don't know if they were merciful or not. I mean, they had a job to do. People bring a sacrifice. They'd offer sacrifice for you. I mean, you weren't allowed to do it. You wasn't fit. It took uh, an Israelite from the tribe of Levi from the seed of Aaron, and then they had to be anointed and everything. That's who would, would offer that. So you bring your, your sacrifice in, they would offer it. I don't know if they was 
merciful for you or not. I, I, I don't, I've never studied that, and I don't know. They took that animal, and they, they offered it. But Jesus Christ was a merciful high priest. He, yeah, he was, going, he was the high priest. He was going to offer a sacrifice. The sacrifice was him. It said he was a merciful high priest. And the word merciful, there's no surprises here. Merciful means, and it's, it comes, it's the, the, the Greek word here is uh, elimon, elimon, elimon. I think that's close. It means compassionate. Again, I don't, Doris, I don't know if the Old Testament priests were compassionate or this just, just job. I, I can't say on that. I've never, I don't recall seeing that, but I've never, I've never studied that. This merciful here means actively merciful. That adds a little more to it, doesn't it? Actively merciful. It comes from another word, uh, uh, Elio, or, or Elio, and another one, Elios, Elios, means compassion, human or divine. We can have mercy on one another, can't we? Uh, well, we just can't. <laughs> we, can have, we can have mercy on one another. But he had mercy on us. Didn't have to, but he did. And and this again, this goes again. Uh, you know, before is it actively merciful? This word that it comes from. It talks about uh, compassion, human or divine. And it says especially active, plus tender mercy. And that active just. To me, it, it adds more to it, especially active plus tender mercy. So again, I don't know the Old Testament priests. I, I don't know. They all had a job to do. They did it. But here's this Jesus Christ who, it says, suffered in all points as tempted as we were. I can't understand all that completely, of course, but somehow this, I think, is one of the things that allowed him to be a merciful high priest. And then, of course, the high priest itself, again, we, uh, we know what the high priest did. They offered a sacrifice. So why did he offer himself as a sacrifice? Because he was merciful, compassionate. And then, actually, the part that I was, the main part I wanted to look at, we're not going to have time, but let me read it, just to kind of tie it in a little bit. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation. For the sins of his people. And that was really what I wanted to focus on. Was that make reconciliation. We won't have time this morning. But. Uh, that's what 
the high priest did. And Lord willing, we'll maybe talk about that next week. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.